Listeners beware. There's no turning back now. You've entered the Horror Apocalypse Podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Horror Apocalypse. We're recording this on uh, Thursday, uh, June the 20th, 2019. Uh, I am Chris, and with me today is my ever-popular, ever-heterosexual life mate, Michael. How are we doing today, Michael? That was a mouthful. It was a mouthful, you have no idea. Just like, uh, oh, never mind. (laughs) Uh, So today's episode, uh, we're going to take a look at um, The Shining. And this was another Patreon pick, and the Patreon pick from a gentleman whose name I already forgot um, because I, I I don't I don't know him personally. But uh, who who is that gentleman's name again? It is from Mike. It is from Mike, and Mike is also the gentleman who brought us uh, the Life Zone. Was that it? Yes. Yeah. Mike, uh, I guess, felt bad uh, for having us watch the Life Zone, so he picked four more additional movies, which. <laughs> Uh, this is one of the four, and we have some great ones coming up, uh, with the exception of Drag Me to Hell. But we have Drag Me to Hell, the 2017 It, and uh, Dead Alive. Two of those movies I've never seen. I've never seen Drag Me to Hell or uh, Dead Alive. But uh, It, but let's be honest, it was a it was a fun movie. So, and I, and I know you are looking forward to as well as I am looking forward to uh, uh, the second half, which is coming around very soon. Yeah. Uh, so we shall see. We we won't have to deal with the fucking kids anymore. But we're, yeah. let's save that for the end because <laughs> we've got someone else who hates kids. So. Apparently, apparently, quite. Uh, <laughs> although it wasn't very specific if it was all children or just children in 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 films. But I guess we'll we'll figure that out at some point. Right. So today, like I said, today is The Shining, uh, 1980s. The uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, uh, which The Shining. We, you've got the Shining. You mean Shining? Shh. You want to get sued? The Shining, yes. Which we probably should have asked uh, if he meant the 1981 or if he meant the 1997 TV movie. Um, I, I did. Think we just kind of. You would think we just kind of assumed. Oh, you did ask. You did. I did okay. ask. Yeah. Because uh, af- I asked him which one, and his response was Jack Nicholson. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> All right. That that does it. That then. Like good. All right. So we're gonna tackle this movie uh, coming up very uh, very shortly here, and uh, don't forget. You're going to want to stay tuned after the show on Patreon because we're going to have some exclusive uh, exclusive stuff going on. There's uh, probably a little bit of trivia and some behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Maybe we're going to uh, insult each other a little bit, maybe do a little homoerotic stuff. We're not really sure yet, but you know, we'll figure it out as we go. I can tell you it's not trivia because I completely forgot we were doing that segment and I did not prepare it this time. Yes, homoerotica. <laughs> I finally get it. No one's going to be able to see it, but still. So yeah, so uh, we're going to break down into our introduction here. um, And also going to discuss between the two of us as what's been entertaining us since the last time. Uh, we've been uh, we've been on the air as it, as it were. So, Michael, what uh, what's been keeping you occupied? What's been entertaining you? Uh, quite a bit, actually. Um, first, I have been I'm all caught up on Nosferatu, the new Zachary Quinto TV show that's out. Quinto is in that. Yes, he what, what plays is he the he plays the the Nos. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's a vampire i don't know if it's the car that's a vampire uh Ooh. we're only about like three or four episodes in so okay 
I know all all ten of them have been released online, but I am watching them as they're being released. I, okay. I'm going to do it the way it's supposed to be done because Good I like luck. it. I like it so far, and I want to make sure it gets the ratings and everything that it needs. But the... I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, I've got the book in my, my card on Amazon. We're going to be taking a vacation here pretty soon in July, so Devil Bunny and I are... Usually I take a bunch of books with us uh, up into the, the mountains of Georgia, and I just hang out there and read a bunch of books, so I'm looking forward to that. I've got that one in there. I do also need to correct myself. Over the last couple of episodes, I've been talking about this uh, fantastic TV show, Bad Omens. Uh, that's not the title. The title is actually Good Omens. Good Omens? So, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I I was thinking when I kept that, saying bad omens. That's okay. No one, no one caught it either. So right, but I am all caught up on that as well. I binged that the other day to get caught up, and it's it's just great. It it really is. If you follow us on Instagram, you probably saw the picture about um, how witches blight crops and blah 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 blah. They have too many nipples, and they name their cats funny names. That <laughs> that's from Good Omens. So it's there's lots of little little things in there that are just fun to to look for. But I highly recommend that. I checked out The Perfection and put up a five-minute review on that one. Great, great movie on Netflix. Uh, I know a lot of Netflix movies, they seem to have this curse where they're fantastic up until the end, and then they drop the ball at the end. This one didn't do it. It it had a great ending all the way, or had a great premise all the way through, had a good ending, gore, great twists, uh, one that you see coming, and like 17 more that you don't see coming. So all in all, that was a great movie. Check out the five-minute review on that one. And uh, I think that's pretty much about it. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. You've been you've been a busy little beaver. <laughs> oh, between that and trying to maintain our YouTube page, which, by the way, folks, YouTube, go to YouTube and subscribe to us. We need 100. We're 20% of the way there. Keep going. That is right. That is right. Even if uh, even if you never want to watch it ever, we just want we just want your subscription. To be honest. So, <laughs> and I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's let's just we'll throw it out there. When we we won't hold another contest until we reach a hundred subscribers. Once we reach a hundred subscribers, I'll hold another contest. We get a nice little prize box that we'll send out to somebody. Prize boxes. I'm sure you've seen the two that we've put out there already. They could contain anything from movies, stickers, uh, shirts, mugs bags, uh, just all kinds of cool stuff. Use silverware? No? We're not doing that? Uh, no. Oh, I, I was under the impression that we were getting rid of all of our dirty dirty dishes and buying new ones. Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> Alright, so yes, please go to the YouTube page and subscribe. Uh, we need another let me see, 8, 10, 9... Well, let's just say we need another hundred people because we don't want to just shoot for a hundred. You want to go over a hundred. You want to you want to overestimate a little bit. So let's let's see if we can actually get another hundred or an actual. Uh, uh, let's let's shoot for hundred and ten. That's that's a fair baby number. steps. Baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. Hundred and ten. <laughs> so for me though, what's been uh, keeping me occupied? Hey, thanks for asking. I've actually. Uh, <laughs> I told you I, you were taking the lead on this. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, I've been watching. Uh, we just watched uh, The Shining this week, so that's uh, that's one of the things uh, going on. I actually had never seen the movie all the way through. Um, I've seen, beats, uh, seen bits and pieces of it over the last, I don't know, decade or so, and never actually sat down to watch the whole thing, so this was a really good excuse to sit down and watch the whole thing. Um, so we did that, um, and it piqued my interest into learning some more about uh, the mythos of this movie. There's a lot going on there as far as the mythos of this movie is concerned. If anybody has checked out, there's a documentary out there for it. Uh, came out in 2013, I think it said, and I think you, I think you said that you own it. Uh, Room 237, um, mm-hmm. which I was, which I was watching um, before this, before we started recording this. I'm about 30 minutes into it. 
so far, kind of interesting, but um, definitely something worth worth diving into. Also catching up on Star Trek. Uh, finally uh, had an opportunity to sit down and start watching the seasons of Star Trek. And I uh, have to say, so far, four episodes in, it's been pretty damn good. Um, very, very pleased. The guy who's playing uh, Captain, uh, Captain Pike has been fantastic. So if anyone's into that, keep watching. Because it's, it's a damn good show. Did you see the, the Borg reference that I, I talked about a few episodes back that you jumped my shit about? Not yet. Not yet, no. Oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm okay. Only, uh, only beginning episode four. So uh, they haven't, I haven't even seen, uh, well, spoilers at this point, the season's over, but I haven't even seen Spock yet. Although I will say this much. Oh, great. Keep... I didn't know he was coming. Way to fucking spoil it for me. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every episode, though, that's all they keep saying is Spock. Like every, it seems like every 10 minutes, somebody says the name Spock, just to remind you that Spock is going to be in this season. It's like, hey, uh, did, did you hear about Spock? Oh, hey, by the way, Spock. Hey, we can't find Spock. Where's Spock? I don't know where Spock is. Hey, Spock wrote, drove this angel when he was a little kid. Who did Spock did? It's a little bit too sp- Spocked, I guess is the word. But um, uh, yeah. Who's Spock? So, Spock? Who's Spock? I don't know who Spock is. Uh, although I have heard that uh, from some people anyway who have seen it, they said that the guy who's playing Spock in this show is better than Quinto. And I thought Quinto did a really good job in those movies. So um, no, I'm eager, no, I'm he eager did not. to see. Quinto, you didn't think Quinto was good? No, he, wow. he's a generic Spock. I, well, Spock is, when you think about it, I mean, he's kind of bland. I mean, he's Wait, very who's logical. Spock. Spock. Are you, are you talking that nerdy fucking Star Trek shit? No, no, no. No, not at all. Just like Lord of the Rings in space or some shit? <laughs> I think we just lost the two listeners that we had um, just by you saying that, I'm by sorry. The way. So I don't follow some show about a guy chasing a ring in a police box. Sorry. I think you're you're confusing some things. That That's, that's actually Star Wars you're thinking of right there, just uh, so you know. May the Force um, be with you, Harry. <laughs> it's one of my favorite memes ever. Um, <laughs> signed Gandalf <laughs> with a picture of Patrick, uh, Patrick Stewart. So yeah, that's what's been going on with me lately. Anyway, let's. Uh, you want to go ahead and jump into this then, since uh, we've gotten through the majority of everything so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're gonna keep this one kind of short and sweet this time, yeah. uh, for folks that are listening, because uh, well, I am tired as shit. We're recording late, and. Um, this is also a long ass movie, so if we do this, you know, bit by bit, uh, Chris's recorder and my recorder are both on one battery bar, so we're probably going to lose this audio halfway through. So we just want to make sure we get as much out there as we can. So yeah, which kind of makes you wonder what it is we're recording when we're not recording. Well, I'm recording a lot. Ooh, I don't know what I'm. I've got to record. <laughs> I got to record sound bites. I got to record five minute reviews. I got to record this. I got a shitload of stuff I'm recording. Which, speaking of sound bites, we're we're gonna have some sound bites for for this. By the way, um, the most iconic scene. Here's Johnny. Um, probably the most quotable word. And a little bit of uh, some creepy twins that I'll work into this audio somewhere. So come and play with us, Daddy. Listen through, see if you can find uh, all of those sound bites, and it'll be a fun little game for you. And a fun little game for me, since I won't know where you're putting them in. Yeah, and I'm probably going to put a Wu-Tang song at the end, just because I want to put a Wu-Tang song out there. <laughs> Not that it has anything to do with the shinning, but just because I want to do that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, and yeah, get into the review. Yeah, this is uh, Stanley Kubrick's version of Stephen King's 1980, um, or uh, no, he wrote this in what, 1970 something, but the movie came out in 1980. Um, The basic plot is uh, 
Jack Nicholson plays a character, Jack Torrance. He takes his entire family up into this um, hotel. That's, it's a seasonal hotel. It's closed for X number of months out of the year, and it's open the rest of the time. And he's going to be the caretaker of this hotel. They're paying him to live there. Uh, there's pretty much about it. It doesn't look like he really needs to clean anything other than whatever he dirties. Um, it's a sweet gig. It really is. Um, but there's a twist. He's slowly going mad. That's your cue. Oh, that's what you were trying to do. Okay. Um, yes, that is correct. He's slowly going mad. Um, now, as, as you said, we're trying to keep this short and sweet. Pretty much everybody at this point in life has seen the shining, I would like to think, if not, maybe you've read the book. Um, we're not going to get into a deep dive uh, for the differences between the book and the movie because we all know that they, they pretty much don't go hand in hand. So we're just going to, we're not going to talk about that because we could talk about that for hours. So we're, we'll just go into what we know from the movie. So yes, he is going slowly insane and a good chunk of this going insane does have to do with the fact that the wonderful overlook hotel is built upon a indian burial ground which is kind of strange that it's inside a mountain i thought that was a little weird um did that come up as strange to you by the way no it just i mean i assumed you could pretty much have indian burial grounds anywhere i mean we have them down here in florida and we're nothing but a swamp interesting I just thought it was weird who buries people like inside a mountain, but I guess, you know, if we're going back to Lord of the Rings, I guess, you know, the trolls and stuff did it. So, um, yeah. and I mean, so. who builds a, a giant house to home dead people? Well, Italians, mm. mausoleums. Yes. Yep. Yep. That is accurate. So yes, he's going slowly insane having to do with, uh, um, the, uh, Indian burial ground, uh, underneath the hotel. Now, What's slowly happening here is Jack, as you have to understand, was an alcoholic at one point in time. Um, so he has a very huge craving at certain points. Of course, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. He's always fighting his demons. So he's constantly trying to keep himself in check. The boy that, that is there uh, has the gift called The Shining, as Scatman Crothers has uh, uh, so kindly put put uh, to us. Um the shinning. Which is the shinning. If you're Quiet, boy. Simpsons, you want to be sued? <laughs> Don't be reading my mind between four and five. That's Willie's time. Um, oh, God. That was like Treehouse of Horror, like three or something like that. Um, just kind of shows how old we are. So the boy has the shine, uh, as it were. Um, and Scatman Crothers also has the shine. Uh, so he's able to identify people who have the shine. They have a nice little conversation, you know, saying, hey, you know, be careful. Your parents are going to get freaked out by this. You know, don't be afraid of anything you see in the hotel because it's not real nothing. He doesn't think anything can hurt you. He doesn't think anything can hurt you. But, uh, you know, if he has any problems, you know, try to, oh, wow, I just confused the book. I just realized what I was doing. I just confused an entire scene from the book into this movie. These are the differences between the movie and the book, by the way. I thought we weren't going <laughs> to delve into that. <laughs> I, I really don't want to, but I realized as I was talking, I was I was adding the book into this, not, not the movie. Wow, that's okay. I'm actually surprised myself. Uh, in this condensed version of that, Scatman Crothers is, has a nice little conversation with Danny about not to be afraid of his gift. Um, but he really shouldn't talk about his gift to his parents. It may freak him out. And to be careful, you know, in the hotel during during this off season. Um, this hotel does have a seated past, and the seated past is ten years prior 
to Jack and his family coming in there to be the caretakers, there was already a caretaker who had a family there. And this caretaker had the exact same kind of problem that Jack did. He was a raging alcoholic, except he was still an alcoholic, and he lied about it when he got the job. So he slowly goes into madness as well, except in this case, he manages to uh, kill his two his two daughters, uh, which I think they said were six and nine or something like that. Yeah, everybody um, can uh, figured the Grady girls were twins, but they're not. Yeah, yeah, they're not twins. Um, they were. I think they said even going by the book, they said it was like six and nine or something like that. But and so he kills his daughters, um, and he kills his wife before taking a shotgun to himself and committing suicide. That happened ten years prior. So the um, Manager, excuse me, the manager Ullman uh, is a little skeptical on hiring on somebody else, and he or somebody else to do this, and especially somebody with a family because he's a little afraid of that. Um, Jack, of course, reassuring him that you know he's not an alcoholic, he doesn't drink anymore, which is fine because there is no alcohol being left in the hotel. They clear everything out to make sure that there's nothing there, so this way they don't have to worry about these little problems. Jack is also a writer or aspiring writer trying to finish a play that he's been working on for quite some time. So he figures taking a job that is out in the middle of kind of nowhere, secluded with his family, he'll have plenty of time to write during the winter. Uh, so he thought, anyway. Your turn, sir. <laughs> uh, no, I was actually reading something. Hmm? Um, I thought it was more than 10 years. No, I said 1970. Hmm. They said they said both of that in the movie and in the book. 19, 1970. Okie dokie. That, that that one I'll, I'll stick by because I because it said in the movie and then I then I heard it in the book because I'm listening to the book because I fall asleep reading comic books so oh I have the the physical novel oh uh, did oh you yeah. actually have you have the physical novel one yeah Which, yeah uh, Devil Bunny got it for me because we see this movie at least at least once a year um, every year they do this thing. Uh, or every month we get flashback cinema here at Epic Theaters. And right around Halloween, one of the ones they show for Halloween is The Shining. So every year we see this for our, our wedding anniversary. So you actually see it in the theater? Yes, we do. That'd be neat. I think I'd like to see that in the theater. Yeah, there's there's some, some classics I've seen in the theater. Exorcist I've seen in the theater. The 1930s Dracula. Quite a, quite a bit. I don't get a whole lot of that around here. At, le- at least when, when we do uh, up here, like they don't, they don't advertise it in, in enough advance that you'll know it's coming up. It's usually like, oh, I got a week. Oh, I'm busy that week, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, no, we, we, so. we see a lot. It, it You see that um, that meme going around and it shows like it's divided into quarters and it's uh, the theater and it's all these different movies that are, are showing and it says, you know, which one would you want to see if you could go back in time and see it? And all four of them I've seen in the theater. So it's like, well, none. Keep going. Okay, so, so you got... Uh, so I'm assuming The Shining is one of them? The Shining, uh, no, I think um, the meme, it's like uh, the classics and The Exorcist. So it's like Exorcist, Dracula, Mummy, and Frankenstein or something like that. Hmm, okay. I don't know I don't know if I'd really feel the need to, to see The Mummy and Frankenstein in the theater, but... Well, maybe Frankenstein. Yeah, it's good. Probably not The Mummy, but oh, that's cool. That's cool. But anyway, yeah, Jack is uh, taking over this hotel. He brings his entire family there. They kind of don't want to go, but this is uh, this is kind of Jack's way of getting away. He needs to work on his novel. He needs to uh, get back into his uh, 
himself. He needs to get back into himself. Now, Kubrick, I loved his vision. There's one of the few films by Stanley Kubrick that I actually really like. But King, King did not like it. Uh, why did King not like it, Chris? Because it went so far away from the source material, he pretty much invented his own story. <laughs> the, the movie and the book have nothing to do with each other. Which is, is perfectly good. Uh, the book is good on its own. The movie was great. When King decided, uh, was it 1993 or 97, something like that, that he was going to go and, and do it himself and try to make it a little yeah. more, uh, yeah, 97, that he was going to make it more like his novel. It bombed. So that should have told you something right there. Did you by, by any chance hear what he had to do in order to be able to make that? No. I'm imagining a handy uh, behind the dumpster at 7-Eleven. There was a little bit of that going on, but a good chunk of it was he had Kubrick had the rights to this. So he <laughs> had to go to Kubrick. After bashing him for years, he had to go to Kubrick to ask to be able to make this. And Kubrick gave him the permission to do it under one condition, that he stopped bad-mouthing this movie, his original movie, with the exception of one thing he was allowed to talk about. And that was Jack Nicholson's performance. He was allowed to say whatever he wanted to say about Jack Nicholson's performance, but he could not bash the rest of the movie. Well, it's because he was so outspoken, uh, well, A, about the, the film, but he didn't want uh, Jack Nicholson to be the lead either. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, I think Jack Nicholson, I, most of everything Jack Nicholson has done, has done that I've seen has been great. I, I, I enjoyed watching Jack Nicholson. Every time I see him, I just see him getting older and turning slowly more into the Joker. <laughs> this this movie was a prime example of that. I mean, as far as it just, oh, it, he's, he was good. I, I thought he was really, really good. Yes, this is definitely one of my favorite performances of his. This and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I think, are the top two. And Joker, the top three, in and my Joker. opinion. But, yep. um, yeah, his... his did you see some of the people that were up uh, for the role? I think Robert De Niro was one of them. Um, there was no friggin' way. Oh, Dustin Hoffman was another one. There was no friggin' way those Whoa. those people could fit into that role. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. No, I mean, this, this... Don't get me wrong. He's he's good in his own right, but there is he could not he could not have fit in this. I can't even imagine this. Uh no. I I couldn't imagine it either. I mean I. Was he going to look at Wendy? Are you trying to seduce me, Wendy, Mrs. Robinson? No, it, it just. Are you trying to seduce me? No, no, definitely, definitely, definitely dead people. Yeah, yeah, definitely dead people. Yeah, yeah, little girls, little girls. Yeah, yeah, definitely dead. little girls. They look alike. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> Room 237, 237, or is it 217? 217, not sure, not sure. 237 matchsticks, 237 matchsticks. All right, we're taking this joke way too far. But, <laughs> yeah, there's no way. I mean, Robert De Niro is a fantastic actor. Um, Al Pacino is a fantastic actor. Al Pacino wasn't up for the role, but... Um, oh, that would be this. That would be awesome. That would have been so great as Al Pacino in this. hoo Wendy! Do I look like I'm in my right mind, Wendy? hoo <laughs> No. <laughs> Wendy, I didn't say I was going to hurt you. hoo I said I was going to bash your fucking head in. hoo Oh, that would have been so great. I As want you can this. Tell folks, I want we, this now. We don't, <laughs> we don't do impressions very well, but we try. No, so. not very well, but it's fun. 
this is what you're paying for. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Jack is working on his great American novel, um, which seems a little repetitive to me when you read it. Uh, <laughs> no TV, dude, no beer, make Homer something, something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! <laughs> All I need is a title. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer, make Homer something, something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! Uh, that, you know what? We got to jump right to it. And folks, we're going to be all over the place on this because I'm so fucking <laughs> tired. And blah, 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 blah. But the way Wendy Torrance holds that bat, does it piss anyone else off? Well, she's definitely not hitting any home runs, that's for sure. I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking she was trying to bunt. That's that's Did what I'm thinking. Right? Ugh. Anyway, there's the bat. There's a hot naked chick that turns into a, an ugly, wrinkly old naked chick. Uh, yeah. So both were kind of hot. <laughs> that one we're gonna give a, fa- a half star bump for the abos, and then quickly take away that half star bump for the abos. <laughs> so that's gonna break even. Although, although we did get full bush. Yeah, there, there's some things from the 70s and 80s I'm glad have not made it to <laughs> now. Uh, wait, talk about vaginas? We still have vaginas around here. Now, did you read a little more about uh, some of the things that uh, were happening on set, like some of the troubles this movie had? I read through a lot, and there was so much going on. That's why I decided to to make a little project of my own to start digging into this, because there's so much stuff talking Mm -hmm. about this movie. But what what, what in particular are you shooting for? Uh, Poor Shelley Duvall. Oh, being tormented? Yes. And, And losing hair? And me under constant anxiety. Yep. Oh my god! I, I actually is... I heard a rumor also that they kept on feeding Jack Nicholson cheese sandwiches because he hated them to keep him to keep him to, uh, angry and and frustrated. I was like, that's just that's just horrible. Who would do <laughs> Who would do that? Well, the uh, I forget the the woman. I read something earlier about um, some famous actress he was living with at the time. He, she was saying that after filming, he would walk in the house, go right Angelica to the bedroom. Houston. Angelica, Angelica Houston. Houston. Yeah, I, I read the same thing. Keep going. Go right into the bedroom, flop down on the bed, and within minutes be asleep. And he'd be out for the, the day until it was time to get up and go back and film again. It was so yep. rough and, and hard on them. So, I mean, that that's Kubrick's style. I mean, it, it shaped them going forward. We, we oh, know... We know Jack Nicholson. He lived right through that. Uh, Shelley Duvall kept acting up until um, about two thousand three. I think was her last acting credit. Yeah, I if think I remember correctly. Like that, yeah. And um, Danny Boyd, the kid who played Danny Torrance, he only did I think two or three movies total, and then he became a, a professor at uh, Kentucky. I think. Uh, he did. Oh, he's got uh, all right. So underneath the credits of Danny uh, Danny Lloyd, um, just for the just for the hell of it, you know why not? Uh, we have The Shining, Will, uh, G. Gordon Liddy, and The Shining forwards and backwards. I think there's got to be some more to there than that. There's got to be some more to there than that. No, I remember reading that today that he only did like three movies total. IMDb says, oh, oh wow, they only 
credit him as two movies, which is The Shining and Will, the autobiography of G. Gordon Liddy. <laughs> okay. All right. So he, uh, okay. Why not? Now, they did reach out to him after the Dr. Sleep trailer came out, which, by the way, folks, you can head on over to YouTube.com, search Horror Apocalypse Podcast, join and subscribe, and you get trailers every single day. Uh, we actually uploaded a trailer for Dr. Sleep, and this is the sequel to The Shining that's coming out, I believe, this yeah, this year in November. Um, yeah, so I think it said November. Yep. What's that? I think it said November, yeah. Yeah, and they, they reached out to him to, to see, and he didn't even know the trailer had come out and that there was a sequel coming out. And uh, when he saw it, he said it looked fantastic, and it was it was fun seeing himself in the trailer again as the, the, the little kid. And he f- has every bit of faith that Ewan McGregor will bring justice to the Danny Torrance character. Ewan McGregor, I mean, uh, personally, I like him anyway. Um, but uh, I, think it's, I always think it's funny when he tries to imitate the American accent because everyone knows he's, you know, he's not American. So just watching him do that, it always pulls me out just a little bit from that. But I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this one makes that go away because of the, cause just because of the content. Mm, um, did he, out, did, he huh? s- <laughs> did he say anything like, am I getting a paycheck from the using my likeness on, in another movie? Because the kid well, deserves sure a paycheck. Will. I'm sure he will. Um, and I'm trying to find Shelley Duvall while, while you were talking. For some reason... Oh, there it is. All cast and crew. Here we go. And Shelley Duvall has 51 credits. Her last movie was 2002. It is Mana from Heaven. Yes, I was trying to think. It was like 17 years. I couldn't... I thought it was 16 years. But yeah, it was like 17 years since she's done anything. And yeah, it's I'm been, sure she's quite, quite happy. It's been quite some time. She was actually in that movie Rocket Man in 97. Oh, my God. If we go all the way back to The Shining, though... Uh, she has quite a few things before that too. So she was, she was working, really working up until, up until, uh, uh, The Shining. And then Popeye comes out the same year. So I'm kind of hoping that she filmed Popeye before she filmed this one. Cause I'm sure she would have been a little bit screwed up after that. But some of the heading back into the movie, um, yes, we get a lot, we get a lot in this movie. A lot of stuff is thrown at you and I can understand King in some aspects where his big issue was it felt like they were they were not focusing on the fact that it wasn't Jack that was the villain. It wasn't these ghosts or these spirits that was the villain. It was the actual hotel that was the villain. The the hotel was the ultimate evil in this story. And uh, I can I can see that. I can see uh, that in the the book. And I don't see them being very heavy handed with it in the movie, but I do see some reflections of it in the movie. The the blood coming out of the elevator, that's not a ghost. That's not Jack going mad. That was the hotel putting that out there. It's yep. um the people that come into this hotel, uh, they they get that the urge to kill. They they go insane. They lose their madness. So it's more of a subtle implication that it's the hotel. And I don't mind that. I actually thought that was pretty well done. And I and I agree with that. I wholeheartedly agree with that. You know, understanding uh, what King's issues were um, against this movie. I mean, when you're a writer and you're writing, you're writing a story, and it, and it's put out, and somebody wants to make a movie out of it, you think they're going to be they're going to be faithful, and then you get this, which is basically he's taking the characters and kind of putting different spins on it. I can understand why King would be upset, uh, completely upset. I completely understand that, but at the same time, this is also a good movie. You know. Uh, At the same time, too, Stephen King is a drug addict, so. <laughs> wow. 
Why are you hating on the king, man? Because it, I think it wasn't a family guy that, that did the, um, what are you going to write next? Uh, I've got a story about a, a, a haunted lamp. A lamp. Ooh. A haunted lamp. <laughs> You're just not trying anymore, are you? That's and that's So do you want king. it? We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's written more books than years he's been alive. So it's yes. it gets annoying after a while. Yeah, it doesn't he gets repetitive. I don't think he's trying anymore. But he does have some oh my god awesome classics out there. Christine, mm-hmm. The Shining, um Cujo, uh, the Pet he, Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. I, I think he's written the only book and it wasn't even a book, it was more like a novella, that ever scared me. Nothing in print, reading Exorcist, reading Legion, reading the Satanic Bible, n- nothing have I read that's that actually frightened me, except for his story, The Mist. Really? That one, I ended up, um, I'm sure you remember the uh, girl from South Carolina that I was dating at one point in time? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, uh... She was down. She was staying with me. We uh, went to bed, and I'm laying in bed reading the that uh, novella. I finished it, and I kind of laid in bed looking at the window, looking at the door, looking at the window. And I got up, and I shut the blinds. I opened, I closed the door and put a towel down at the bottom. I turned the fan on and pointed it at the, the door. I was afraid there was going to be some mist rolling in, and I didn't want any of these fucking things coming in. It it that was the only thing that ever scared the hell out of me. So I mean, he wow. does have some some great creativity. He has some great imagination, but he gets a little too full of himself sometimes. Look at Maximum Overdrive. I mean, he did that one in the height of his drug addiction. In a coke fueled nightmare, we got Maximum Overdrive. And if you watch well, that movie and critique it, it makes no fucking sense. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen Maximum Overdrive, but I remember that was the movie with the truck that had the Green Goblin on the front. See, even if you've never seen the movie, you know the movie. Yeah, yeah, with Emilio Estevez, right? That is correct. Ha ha! You are correct, sir. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of dead guys, um, this movie. Oh, <laughs> nice segue. Jack's descent into madness is really the focus of of the movie, not so much in the book, but it it is in the movie. And um, I I feel bad for him to be perfectly honest, because I he is a man who's lost control, and he's struggling so hard. Now they do kind of hint, I think, a little bit in the movie that he was already abusive towards Wendy and Danny before they even got yeah. to the hotel. Now, that could yeah. be due to his drinking, yeah. but they kind of hinted well, that. That's also one of the same things that are in the book, too, because he was an alcoholic in the book as well, and he did uh, break Danny's arm uh, from uh, from a night where he was drinking, and, and Danny had, and this is going by the book, though, Danny had emptied all his papers out when he was three years old, his, his play that he was working on, and then took one of his beers and dumped his beer on all those papers and then looked at him and say like with that proud look of like look what i just did daddy and he went into a like a blind rage and grabbed him uh by his arm and snapped his arm um so from that point on it was kind of like uh-oh you know and he tried to tried to clean himself up they never actually said that he abused wendy at all but he definitely definitely abused uh, um and in this one same thing except they didn't specify him breaking his arm. They said he, he dislocated his shoulder doing something similar. Let's be honest. Let a little fucker do that to me, too. I'd probably break his arm, too. 
<laughs> but uh, speaking of little fuckers, um, what do you say we listen to a, a voicemail real quick that we got? Which, by the way, folks, if you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's very easy to do. Just call 323-5-HORROR, H-O-R-R-O-R. Um, it's a Google Voice, so you just call, you leave your name, and then tell it, uh, leave your voicemail for us, and we'll put you on the air. You can uh, hear your two cents on the air. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm so fucking tired. But <laughs> <laughs> generally, generically, call us, leave a voicemail, we'll put you on the air and blast you. But this is yes. uh, this is Mike. He wanted to call, and I, I let him know that we were recording his episode of The Shining today, so he wanted to go ahead and, and give us a call in and leave his two cents. So let's go ahead and take a listen to that. Hello, kitties. It's your old putrid body. Uh, buddy, the Crypt Keeper here. It seems I get to introduce a segment on a low-budget podcast where unsuspecting victims call in and let their shrieks be heard. <laughs> oh, the fear of it all. But you know how the old saying goes, the marg, the merrier. <laughs> Tell us all your fears in a piece we like to call Tales from the Phone Line. <laughs> Hey, so I heard you guys were uh, recording my pick today, which was, of course, The Shining. I felt the need to apologize for the pick before. <laughs> anyway, um, it's one of the movies I wanted you to pick, I wanted you to watch, because it's the first movie that made me hate little children. Like, I never had a problem with them before, but after those creepy-ass twins in that hallway, anytime in a scary movie some tiny little kid comes out, it freaks me the fuck out. Plus, Jack Nicholson was pretty crazy in the movie, too. Yeah, and I remembered the uh, the Red Rum kid. That kid was freaky as fuck, man. I did not like that kid. I did not like that kid. Well, scary movies don't scare me very much. Back in the day, that one got me. All right, so that was uh, that was Mike calling in and telling us a little bit about uh, his thoughts on The Shining. Very, very brief. Um, the only thing I got from it was that he hates kids. Yeah, especially twins is what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I like twins when they're grown and they're female uh, adults. And, and chewing double uh, mint. Probably from India. From from India? Yeah, the Priya and something. I forget their names, but it, they're, it, it's a porn hub. Are you talking about thing. Harry Potter? No, no, no. It's Pornhub. It's Pornhub? <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a sidebar conversation. <laughs> Join us on Patreon. <laughs> uh, no, Mike. Thank you so much for for <laughs> calling in and leaving your our first ever voicemail. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I kind of wish you said some more that we could bash you about, aside from your, you know, apparent fear of children. Yeah, yeah. No, the only thing we really we can bash you about is fucking Life Zone. Yeah, but yes. thank you, thank you very much for uh, making up for part of it by. Uh, having us watch The Shining. This, this is... It's not Kubrick's best, but I fucking love this movie. It, it is a very enjoyable movie, yes. I think Full Metal Jacket is probably my favorite. I haven't been able to sit through 2001 A Space Odyssey and complete it. I always fall asleep. Um, I understand that movie is just... It's supposed to be like an artful movie. I get it. I just... 
it, it just knocks me out every every single time I watch it. That's how I am with the Dark Crystal. Yeah, the uh, the obelisk, whatever, in the beginning. Is that, the, is that what you're referring to? Uh, no, it's just the movie. I mean, I could I could have a full eight oh, to ten hours sorry. of sleep, get up, put that DVD in, and within an hour, I'm back to sleep. I'm sorry, I, I didn't. I, I thought you were referring to the obelisk in in 2001, but you actually meant the movie, The Dark Crystal. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, that makes way more sense. Way more that's, sense. That's why I'm a little worried about this TV series coming up. Is it going to put me to sleep? Well, this is supposed to be a prequel to, to The Dark Crystal, right? I mean, maybe oh maybe more interesting. Maybe, maybe more interesting. Maybe, maybe not. Exactly. Maybe, baby. But, <laughs> maybe, baby. Um, but going back to The Shining uh, real quick, because uh, I, I guess we have to talk about this. I think we talked about it enough. <laughs> Well, let's wrap up some of the some of the decent parts of this. Basic story is as we've outlined. Uh, Jack slowly descends in the madness until finally the madness takes him, um, and he attacks his family. Uh, he does attack uh, Wendy, and he attacks uh, Danny. He tries to get Danny um, in in this Danny outsmarting him in this movie, uh, which I thought was was kind of ingenious because the character itself, like you don't kind of get the idea that he's really that. Right. I mean, he's, he's a smart kid, but you don't really get the idea that maybe he's this bright to be able to do what he was doing, which was leading Jack through this hedge maze and then backtracking in his own tracks, like walking backwards in his own tracks to make sure that, you know, Jack got confused over which way he was going so that the kid could get out and get the safety while Jack was stuck in the maze. And this is because the kid's been through the maze a million times at this point because they've been there for so long. So he knows which way to go and whichever. Good idea. You know, as far as as far as that's concerned, you know, he definitely was able to get himself the safety, and that's where Jack ends up biting it uh, out in the in the maze where he just can't continue because he can't find his way out at this point in time. So he eventually sits uh, sits down and passes away in, in in the cold. Nice metaphor for his life. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and Kubrick did do these these little shots in this movie, which I really like, where suddenly there's like a a flash. Where it just changes and you get like a a loud uh, a loud sound from the from the music. Um, I don't even know what the what to really call it. But it's like a loud gong, as it were. Um, yeah, like the boing sound. <laughs> and then you then you get like a, a an intense visual, and that's how that's how we're seeing Jack is dead because you get the it's daytime and you boom he's like frozen face and you get the weird sound and whichever I thought was kind of neat. But uh, some of the things we we should really touch upon um, as far as this goes is a couple of the all-time famous scenes. I mean, you can't talk about this movie and not talk about here's Johnny. I mean, how do you not talk about that? In him uh, sinking into his madness, him trying to get get a hold of Wendy to kill her, um, he is cutting through the bathroom door with an axe. And this becomes one of the more ultimately famous scenes uh, that people talk about as far as when they refer to this movie, they think of Jack Nicholson bashing through the door with uh, with the axe and sticking his face in there and saying, here's Johnny. It's a great scene. It's a fantastic scene. It, it definitely, in 1980, I would I would think that if anybody was watching this in a movie theater, he would definitely jump at that. That was uh, that would be very scary for, the, for its time. Knowing that the scene was coming up and whichever, obviously, you know, this day and age, you're probably not going to jump as much. But... Um, I think that that's that's a, a penultimate scene, um, and it's definitely one of those famous scenes that's going to go down in, in history forever. Um, as well as the scene of them going up uh, the um, the stairs with Wendy swinging the baseball bat that that uh, you really don't like him t- him telling her that he's gonna bash her head in. Uh, 
is is a also a great scene. It's very it's it's very dark. Um, it, you slowly seeing him really changing into into the uh, maniac he's becoming. It's it's a it's a fantastic scene. What uh, what what else from this do you want to pull out? What what do you find is 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 a huge scene in this? Um, I was just thinking while you were talking, all the clips I'm gonna clip from the uh, South Park episode or the uh, Simpsons episode to splice <laughs> into here audio wise. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Come on. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. <laughs> Dirty cat. Yeah. <laughs> I have not thought about that in so long. Uh. <laughs> For me, some of the things about this movie that, that really kind of stick out in my head, that the pattern on the rug, they've paid so much homage to that too in, in the movie's uh, to, Toy Story. Uh, the Room 237, the carpet is the same carpet in, um, the, in Toy Story 1 that um, the bully kid has in his house. There's just all kinds of little, little secrets like that. But outside of that, I, I love the visuals. I love the subtlety of the, the hinting at that. It's the, that it's the hotel. And at the end, when you find out that Jack has been tied to this the whole time uh, with that picture from like the 19, what is it? The 1930s, 1920s. I think it said, I think it said 1927. Yeah, so that that little subtle thing where the where the house kind of uh, gets a gets another victim. Yeah, yeah, just everything about it and the the homage they paid to it in Ready Player One, I thought was fantastic oh, was as well. Oh, that was yeah. so great! I forgot about that. That was so great. But um, for me, mostly what I really liked about this movie was the visuals. I, Kubrick has a, a special eye. And it really works out like the the scene, the very beginning, the car driving down that road. And as the camera slow, you know, follows them and slowly gets closer and closer to the car. And that's out in fucking Montana. Then the the hotel is is out in um, Oregon. And and this is in Colorado. And and it's all spliced together to give you this work of visual art. I, I just fucking love it. I love it. Movie magic. Yeah. That's a great, that's a fantastic example of movie magic right there too. And and the visuals were stunning. I mean, just, mm-hmm. just seeing, I'm, I'm huge into scenic overlooks and stuff like that. No pun intended. So seeing something like that, it was, it was breathtaking. I could just imagine what that actually looked like, like in, in real life to actually see that. They did kind of the same thing in, um, Carpenter's The Thing where it was filmed. They had mm-hmm. to use, uh, tricky camera angles and walls built with snow and things like that to kind of block out where they were filming. Yeah, just the way Kubrick did it was just so visually uh, enthralling. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Now, I know a lot of people didn't like this movie or they preferred the 97 version. Uh, There are some, like our friends over at a a neighboring podcast here, they're big fans uh, of this one, and I love it. I think it's, it's absolutely great. I think King is, was being an asshole. I think he was being a little possessive of his uh, property, which is understandable if it's your baby. But you gotta, if you've got someone who is an artist in that medium, let them work their art. You know, if if Kubrick wanted to write a novel, he wouldn't. I don't think he would come in and step on on King's toes and say, "No, no, no, you're fucking this all up." You let the master of that craft do what they're they're a master of doing. And I, I think that probably is what caused a lot of the problems on set with uh, with Kubrick. I think 
I would I would agree. I would absolutely agree. Um, I could not say it better myself. I think you've you've said that uh, very very well, um, and that is, you know, Kubrick did a, a fantastic job with this. Um, King is is being a little possessive about it, but you're absolutely right. I mean, if you're making something. Uh, and you've created something, you've put it out there to the world, and somebody wants to pay homage to it, you know, say thank you and say, what, what can I do for you? You know, just the fact that you're, you want to do anything with this is, is great. Maybe they, the two of them should have sat down, maybe hashed out some of the ideas there. Um, instead of King just getting a little surprised as to what just happened, maybe he should have been a little bit more involved. Um, yeah. and he wouldn't have been as, as upset. But then again, we don't, you know, honestly, I have no idea what happened back then. I mean, all we have is documentaries that to tell us what the filming was like. I don't. Uh, you've seen Room Two Thirty Seven. I think you said you own it. So, mm-hmm. at any point in time, does it touch about like Stephen King talking to Kubrick before this happens? No, not really. It just talks not about really. all the the issues that they ran into. Okay. So then, uh, then King really has no one to blame but himself on that one. I hate to say it. Yeah. I think uh, I think we've uh, covered The Shining pretty much. Pretty much, uh, we can get into our, our ratings here. Would you uh, Would you like to go first? You want me to go? Um, I'll go first because then you do your okay. rating and we'll close it out. So sure. Well, as I said, I I am a fan of a lot of what Kubrick does. Not everything. He's got some some pretty bad films out there, but I think this is a prime example of one of his masterpieces. I love the the story. I love the acting, the visuals, just everything about this movie. I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, I think I. I would go so far as to give this a 4.5 out of 5. That's a high score so far. Uh, out of a good chunk of the stuff that we've done, I think that's probably the highest uh, you've rated anything <laughs> so far. Yeah. But then again, a lot of stuff that we've watched so far has not been The Shining's caliber. It's been stuff like Meridian, which I'm sorry about, and stuff like The Sand, um, and stuff like The Life Zone. Zap! Uh, so it's a little difficult to <laughs> yeah, when, put these when up you're reading... against The Shining. When you're eating table scraps for a month and a half and someone drops a filet medallion in front of you, <laughs> you love that filet. Yeah, yeah, you love that filet. You absolutely do. Even if, if, if that filet is, I don't know, made out of hot dog, you're still going to enjoy that because it's not the, the fatty gristle that you've been uh, been given. So I guess uh, going going on to me, I, I a thousand percent agree with what you said about this movie. It is, uh, uh, Kubrick has had... Some movies that aren't that aren't that great in the past, but this one is a great movie. I know we talked about the half stars for the nudity, uh, and you took away the half star for the old lady nudity. Uh, I'm giving that half star back for the young lady's uh, full frontal bush. So uh, I also come up with a four and a half on this one. Um, I enjoy this movie thoroughly. I think that now that I finally watched it all the way through, um, and I'm, I'm halfway through the book now, this movie's gotten me into that point of wanting to, I don't want to say go, go through, go through like some of these, uh, some of these other people have and just go crazy on theories and, and pulling apart every little thing on this movie. But it does, uh, interest me enough to look a little deeper into it and, um, uh, look at the mythos of it. Uh, I definitely agree with you for four and a half on this one all the way. All right. So that puts our average at about four and a half. So that's good. Yep. So far. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, Mike actually paid for four movies. This was one of them. 
the next three. Uh, which one do you want to do next, Chris? Well, I've never seen Drag Me to Hell, so uh, why don't we why don't we do that one? All right. So stay tuned for our next episode, which will be Drag Me to Hell. And uh, if we have a Patreon extra that's going to be coming up here, uh, it's going to be all Chris. So stay tuned and let's <laughs> see what we can find. But anyway, guys, that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, not that you had any choice because when we strap you down and plug the earbuds in and we put, press play, you're pretty much fucked. You're going to hear whatever we want you to hear. Uh, but don't forget, join us on Patreon for that exclusive content. If you've not yet joined, head on over to Patreon using the link in the show notes. You can join for as little as a dollar a month. This helps us uh, get more content to bring to you uh, for your entertainment. There's many, many tiers to choose from where you can get exclusive swag such as uh, stickers, bracelets, movie choices. That's how Mike got uh, in on this one. Coming soon, we're going to have some t-shirts and hats as soon as we revamp the website and we start our our storefront. You're going to be able to pick up some cool stuff there uh, and many more. Uh, Don't forget to, if you can't support us uh, through monetary means, don't worry. You can head on over to Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, which I surprisingly found out we're on. I didn't submit us there. But anyway, through iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, pretty much wherever you can listen to podcasts. You can rate, review, subscribe to us there it's free but it helps us out quite a bit uh you can also follow us on uh, and youtube you can also follow us on facebook instagram twitter snapchat vero and youtube where you can also support us with a subscribe for continuous content and that's that subscribe over at youtube uh we've already mentioned it about four times in this show it is very very important because rather than telling you go to youtube.com slash channel slash you slash 2745F472ZZYX. Instead of doing that, we can just tell you, hey, whoa, go to youtube.com. When did we become part of the board collective? <laughs> exactly. But you can head on over to YouTube, hit subscribe, and once we hit 100, it's as easy as saying go to youtube.com slash horrorpocalypse podcast. So help us out. Get your friends, family, uh, get everybody involved in it. Get your church youth group. Uh, maybe not your church youth group, but get everybody else involved. No, get them. I want them. Get your church youth group. If you want to stay with your church, then don't get them. But if you don't give a fuck, get your church youth group. We'll, we'll get them. uh, Yeah. Suede. Mmm, suede. Anyway, thank you for listening, folks. Stay tuned for next week when we bring you Drag Me to Hell, a fun little Sam Raimi film. And, uh, stay creepy. No. No, I got to edit that out because that's from another podcast. Um, <laughs> Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Oh, no, I got to edit that out. That's from another podcast. Um, camel humps? I don't know. <laughs> you think of a, a goodbye for us, and you, it's from us.
where the stars and you Midnight and a rendezvous Your eyes held a message tender Saying I surrender all my love to you Brought a sweet romance I know all my whole life through I'll be remembering you Whatever else 